listening to the Raiders Fan Radio Podcast, taking that lighter journey into the dark side with Murph, Swag Jeff, and Michelle. She's got great hair. It's a little pink. It's a little purple. Whatever it is, I'll tell you what, if I could grow it, I would sign up for that color today. So listen to her and the entire crew as they give you all the information on the Raiders, on the podcast that benefits the One Nation Foundation. It's a great cause. It's a great pod. Tune in. Turn it up. Here it comes, all that Raiders info and takes coming at you right now. Jackpot, baby. Raiders Fan Radio. Oakland, L.A., Oakland, Vegas, Raider Nation, wherever, forever. You got your old Uncle Mosh and Raiders Fan Radio from Murph's Man Cave, taking a lighter journey into the dark side. Sit back, put your feet up, pop a top, and enjoy the ride. Here we go. We miss you, we love you, and we'll see you in the Hall of Fame. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing, just win, baby. Listening live to Raiders Fan Radio. Take it away, guys. Why, thank you, Brett Musburger. What is up, Raider Nation? Your buddy Murph back once again for what we trust will be a fantastic episode of Raiders Fan Radio. Episode number 321 of Raiders Fan Radio coming at you live from Murph's Fan Cave. Uh, Just a little podcast selfie tonight. We got a quick little show to get to tonight because we've got some incredible guests joining us live tonight uh, from the Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama. Uh, But right before we get to them, I just want to drop some housekeeping on you. First off, thank you to everybody that is in the chat room tonight. We appreciate you also very very much uh look forward to keeping up with the chat we are going to do the sea of fans later so uh we will definitely get to your emails and voicemails after the interview so thank you to all of those of you that are joining us live at youtube.com slash raiders fan radio and for those of you that are on the audio podcast welcome in as well and you can find our audio podcast on any audio podcast service just by searching raiders fan radio on your favorite podcast service like stitcher no like stitcher's gone stitcher's dead uh so it's like pandora and uh, what Spotify, Apple Music, all that good stuff. Uh, you, Google Podcasts are going away too, so look for us on YouTube Music. Uh, now, uh, look for Raiders Fan Radio. So we appreciate all of those of you, and uh, any of the money that we raise around here, we give it all the way through our foundation, our nonprofit, which is the One Nation Foundation. So again, thank you guys so very, very much for being here tonight. Uh, so let me go ahead and uh, and drop some contact. Wait, I can't do contact info because I don't have the button. Forget the contact info. Just search Raiders Fan Radio. You can find us anywhere, and if you want to call the show, you can call us at 909-345-3346, or you can send us an email at show at RaidersFanRadio.com. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and and, uh, welcome in our guests. So uh, really thankful to... uh, 
Welcome in three guys tonight uh, to, to Raiders Fan Radio. One of them you recognize, the guy on the left there. You see, we call him QB Jeff. He's Jeff Murphy, and they, he goes by Murph on their show, so no confusion to be had there. And uh, then you got Matt Sprouse, of course, and then you got Tyler Tipton. They are the group of five guys. Give it up, Raider Nation. Good on, Murph. Appreciate you having us on, man. Thanks, Murph. Yeah, man. Good to have you guys. So... Before we get going here, tell everybody what's the significance of the of, of the Senior Bowl and why you guys are down there, but also tell them a little bit about the group of five guys and what the group of five guys is. How about it, CEO? Oh, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Well, look, guys, Murph, first of all, thanks for having us, brother, and thanks for all the help you've uh, passed to us along the sure. way. But group of five guys, man, we started just trying to give these group of five schools the love that they deserve. I mean, a lot of these players down here at the senior bowl are guys that we've been high on for two, three years. And then they come to the senior bowl against the quote unquote, best of the best. Um, and all of them have put on a show. So that's the significance of the senior bowl. It's, you know, all these guys, whatever school they played at, it's given them an opportunity to compete against the best of the best. I mean, I think there's a stat that's I don't know, 80 to 90% or something of guys at the senior bowl over the years end up drafted or end up on NFL yeah. rosters. So everybody here is an NFL talent. Um, and it's just an opportunity for these guys to showcase that against other NFL talent. All right, Murphy, tell us a little bit about the group of five guys. What, what do you guys do with your podcast? Yeah, so we do a live show. Uh, we're in the off season right now. So we go every other Tuesday live. And then in the off week, off weeks, we're going to be dropping a ton of like coach interviews, player inter interviews. But you can find us on all the social media uh, platforms at group of five guys shows on YouTube, Spotify, the audio version and any podcast platform. You can catch us um, dropping the audio version of that. So we appreciate any, you know, any likes, any follows you can give us. Cause if you look at the Raiders roster, it's filled with group of five guys. Some of our top players um, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Bob Spillane, Malcolm Coons, just to name a few. So it, it, there's a ton of great talent at these at the group of five level. Um, and they show it year in and year out. Absolutely. So the year I was down, I was down there in 2019. And heck, Jacoby Myers was down there uh, yeah. that year. We had, uh, of Jarrett Stidham was down there that year. Uh, and so there's, there's tons of Raiders. So we know that uh, Tom Telesco has stayed back. He's in Vegas. They're doing offensive coordinator interviews. But the rumor around the campfire is that uh, Champ Kelly's been down there, uh, that he's down there with, with the scout team. And so uh, the Raiders are definitely have a presence down there at the Senior Bowl. Have you, have you guys noticed? the Raiders at all in, in, in attendance and maybe what they were looking for? Cause everyone's wearing their gear, right? Have they been walking around the sidelines? Yeah, we've definitely seen, I, I think I've seen one or two guys with Raider Raider gear on I've seen a lot of obviously the giants. Cause they have some coaches here. Um, the jets, I mean, we, they're all here. It's just how many of their, you know, representatives are here. I hadn't seen champ Kelly. Hadn't seen uh Tommy telescope yet, but we're keeping our eyes out for them. Um, and we talked to a couple of players that said that the Raiders have talked to them as well. So, uh, be interesting to see how the rest of the senior bowl shapes up, but man, it's been some great, great players, great, great ball going on. Well, and so then the, the hot topic that we want to get to is obviously quarterback. Even though you guys group, cover the group of five specifically, you're down there watching practices and you're seeing everybody go. So we're going to definitely talk a lot about uh, about the quarterback. But but in terms of like some of the players that have stood out before we get to quarter, quarterback, Tyler, so who are some of the guys that have jumped out at you as you've been watching the practices? So what I've noticed really, especially from the, the group of five players, is the wide receiver position. You got Luke McCaffrey out there, brother of Christian McCaffrey, um, a little bit opposite of Christian. He's, uh, you know, Luke is six, two, 
Um, so little, uh, little bigger body frame, more like his uh, dad, more like his dad, more like Ed McCaffrey, right? Um, but then the opposite of that, uh, smaller but um, but huge guy at the same time, Malachi Corley, a yeah. receiver from Western Kentucky, um, plays the, plays the slot, but was also a, was a running back originally, and he still looks like a running back. Um, can still <laughs> looks like he can still play the running back position, but they had him on a lot of uh, running a lot of jet sweeps on the last these first two days um, down here in Mobile. And also Jaquan Jackson, uh, receiver out of Tulane, um, a smaller guy, um, plays the slot. Had him running uh, out and up mostly. Um, some uh, some some different uh, just middle of the field uh, routes. And, but those are the those are the, those three guys. Those three group of five guys at the receiver position, and just the receiver position in general um, has been one that that has uh, we've been looking at and uh, has has really shown out down here in Mobile. Well, and Sprouse, that's where like you get Trey Tucker. That's where you get Trey Tucker, right out of Cincinnati. It's like you can find a lot of those type of guys in the group of five. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and, and to name a couple more guys that that weren't receivers, Rasheen Ali, a running back out of Marshall. I mean, it's just put on a fantastic show the last couple of days. Um, and he's a smaller guy, kind of reminds me of Tajay Spears a little bit that the Titans drafted last year. So I don't know what we end up doing ultimately with Josh Jacobs if we re-sign him or not. But if we if we let him walk and Zamir White's the one. Talk about a great compliment. I mean, this guy can do it all out of the backfield catch. He can run. He's, he's shifty. And just, we got to talk. We've talked to him like two or three times. Just an incredible young man. That's awesome. How about you, Sprouse? Who's jumped out for you? Yeah. I mean, just a guy that's probably jumping on everybody's board right now is the corner Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo. I mean, I think he was already a projected late first round, early second round pick. I know Kuiper, I think had him at 30 overall, but he's, He's clamped up every single, you, these guys mentioned all the receivers. There's one DB that's clamped every single one of them. And that's been Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo. Um, and then, you know, I'm an O-line guy. So I got to mention it. O-line, D-line is kind of tough to watch here because they're surrounded by all the GMs and scouts and everything. Um, but, you know, from the group of five standpoint, Ethan Driscoll out of Marshall, he's like 6'9", 320, um, like prototype size uh, for an offensive tackle. And then, non-group of five guy that I've mentioned a couple of times, a kid out of TCU, Brandon Coleman, um, who's a big guy, probably a guard or tackle played both at TCU. I've just noticed that guy, you know, the one thing you can notice uh, from the offensive line is getting to the second level. And I notice, you know, multiple screens, multiple combo blocks from him getting up to the, to the second level in the linebackers. So that's a guy, I, I don't know where he's at on anybody's big boards or, you know, rankings, but just, Watching the practice and watching the game, um, those are two offensive linemen that have stood out to me. Well, and that's, and that's Luminor is a free agent, and James is a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right? so we're talking about potentially, we're talking about kicking um, Parham in uh, yeah. to, to play center full time, which means we would need a guard and a tackle, or even if he stays put, we could potentially. I mean, I don't know if we're gonna, we're, we'd probably look to re sign Andre James before we would draft a center, I would imagine. Yeah, but we're definitely so. gonna be in the market uh, for linemen. And if, and, and look, Raider Nation, if we're, if we're looking at, we're all thinking that this thing is gonna go quarterback early on. So that means that shortly thereafter, we're gonna have to start backfilling some of these positions of need for us. And offensive line is a huge one. And so the further you get down the, into the draft, the more relevant these group of five guys certainly become uh, because that's going to be in their wheelhouse. I mean, what's because the knock Murphy against these guys always is like, well, it's schedule, right? It's the, it's the, the conferences that they play in. 
But the ball is ball, though, too. And that's why you see so many players in the NFL come out of these group of five schools because, look, I mean, it doesn't matter what conference you play in. Size is size, speed is speed, talent is talent, ball is ball, man. So it doesn't matter where they come from. Um, so in, in terms of the, the big guys, now we, we talked a little bit about offensive line, but we also have a, a deficiency in the interior of the defensive line. Has there been any, any big boys in there on the D line that stood out to you guys? Man, that's been tough. Like I said, when they get to the one-on-ones, you know, we only have half field access. So all the one-on-ones are in the corner of the end zone. So there hasn't been, you know, a whole lot of guys that we've been able to like really see on the, on the one-on-one matchups inside. And then when they go 11 on 11, again, it's just so hard to get an actual like view of the D tackles, the interior line. You can see a lot of the defensive ends, obviously the skill guys on the outside. So the, the the interior has been the toughest thing to kind of like watch engage. Yeah, it's tough, Murph, but I but I can tell you this, and I think everybody knows this as much as we, you know, plant the group of five flag. The second practice has been the American team. And for whatever reason they paired up that those O line, D line, it's it's all your it's your Bama guys, it's your Georgia guys, your LSU guys, and you don't even have to see it. You can just listen and you just hear helmets, <laughs> shoulder pads. I mean it's it's a, it is look again, group of five ball is ball. But when you talk about the interior offensive and de- defensive line of not just the sec, but those ones, Bama, Georgia, yeah. LSU, Michigan, it's, it's different. And, and you, you look at them, you see those guys in plain clothes, you know, at the hotels and stuff like that. And there's just a level of, you know, what do they call it? Like self-selection <laughs> of, of those guys belong on the offensive and defensive line in the NFL. Oh, that's insane. Well, I saw there was one of the guys, and I think he was a group of five guy uh, that, that you guys were doing an interview with. And, and congratulations on the work you guys have done down there too this week. It's been yeah, it's been, been great to follow. Um, and, and those interviews, like... Cause you're a big guy, Sprouse. Like you're a you're a lineman. You know what I mean? And the dude that you interviewed just straight up towered over you, man. So that's Dris. That's Ethan Driscoll out of Marshall. And you know, when I look at a guy like that, like you said, you can't teach the size, but he's lean. So my guess is, out of high school, he was really tall, and he probably wasn't that big. Yeah. And so these SEC schools and Big Ten schools probably said, well, you know, that's a bit of a project, and I can go get a guy that's ready to go. Well, he goes to Marshall, puts on, and this is complete. This is just, you know, just complete speculation. But he goes to Marshall, puts on some weight. NFL scouts are still looking at him like this guy could put on another twenty to thirty pounds. But again, you talked about it—a late second, third day draft pick—and you got a guy that you cannot teach six eight and a half or whatever he is, <laughs> and three twenty right now, and he's probably in the teens in body fat percentage too. So, and the dude can, listen, the dude is six, eight, six, nine. He bends and just getting in and out of his stance. It's like, I mean, it's impressive to see. And yeah, like he might be a couple years project, but so what in five years, you know, when you got a, an anchor on your offensive line to protect your potential new quarterback, who cares what college he went to or what he looked like five years ago? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's funny talking to him, Murph is, is we asked him, you know, talking to these scouts and coaches and GMs, like what have they said? And, uh, and we didn't, he didn't know that I was a Raider for anything. He goes, well, everyone's kind of compared me to Colt Miller. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, a great comparison, you know? And I know we already have Miller, but I mean, if you can play and he, he's a late round guy and you feel like he's got some value there, I think he'd be a great, a great pick 
in the later rounds for sure to help help the offensive line. Is he a heavy legged waist bender with oily hips? <laughs> That's a fantastic description. <laughs> He said, what did, what did Mayock used to call him? He said, dancing bear. Yeah. Light light on his feet, man. I I mean, just, and and I'll, and I'll say this too, Murph. And for like, from the group of five standpoint, everybody that we talk to, like talk about just great dudes Yeah, that, that, you know, I know, you know, no offense to you Raiders fans. I know sometimes, you know, you guys have some character concerns. None of these guys, Murph. That's not true. We haven't had character issues in a long time. Now we have good character issues. That's right. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So let's talk about the, the listen, this is the, the, the big thing that, that Raider nation would really love to uh, hear you guys talk about. And that's quarterback, right? We are in the market for a quarterback. I think it's, it's, it's a major miss uh, if the Raiders don't uh, draft a quarterback. Now, while a lot of us would love to see the Raiders, you know, identify who their guy is and then go grab them. If that requires moving up a little bit in the draft, then they absolutely should do that. But it, I, it's got to be first round quarterback is such a, a huge position of need for our football team that it would be a disappointment if we draft any other position outside of that. Now, if we do, and there are some out there that feel that, Tom Telesco is a best player available kind of GM and that if there's a best player available there and it's not a quarterback that he's going to take them. So while I hope that doesn't happen and I don't, I think the likelihood of that is, is uh, you know, it's, it's less likely that's going to be the scenario, but should it happen and then we have to take a quarterback in the later rounds, we're still going to take a quarterback. Like that's got to be a bottom line uh, for this football team. So let's dig into it. Uh, let's, let's go around the horn here. So, uh, so tip, let's start off with you. Kind of talk to me about whether it's uh, the uh, group of five guy or you want to get into the, the, the other guys and the other power five conferences. Get, give me some of the names that are like, what's the buzz in the, in the room when, when, that you guys are around. So I'll talk about um, a non group of five guy. And this guy has impressed and has been, I mean, he's definitely been the best quarterback here down in mobile the first two days. And that's, it's Michael Penix jr. Out of Washington. Um, he has helped his draft stock, tremendously and he is just he it's just, it's just it's just so different seeing seeing that live uh is really the best way i can explain it it's just his throws are just are just on time every single time and these are guys that he's throwing these are receivers and tight ends and running backs that he's throwing to for the first time here and you would not realize that watching him these first two days um he's made all the throws he looks extremely comfortable um great zip on the ball uh, his his throws are on time, um, and he's just he's he's looked the part. You know he's in, there's a reason why him and and the Washington Huskies were playing for a national championship this past year. Um, I mean he 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 I think he what was he projected like f- number four number five quarterback yeah, QB4, um, QB5, QB, something right? like that. Um, it's wild to me. Well, I I think he's made his case as a top three top two quarterback in this draft. I mean he's just looked incredible. Yeah, Murph, and, and he, yeah, Tip said it. And so they got the, the way they got the team split. So you've got uh, Penix, Bo Nix, and Sam Hartman out of Notre Dame on the national team. And then you have the two group of five quarterbacks, Michael Pratt out of Tulane, Carter Bradley out of South Alabama, and then Spencer Rattler are on the... Joe Milton. And Joe, yeah, sorry. Tennessee's Joe Milton. Did, didn't forgot to mention him. Um, but, you know, Penix has by far been better than Nix or Hartman. Um and to be, to be honest, I mean, Nick's has been fine. I would say he's been fine. He, he hasn't, it's probably a Jeff Murphy, QB Jeff question, but he, uh, you know, he's been fine. And Hartman, I, I don't think has 
done anything very impressive. And then just to go on the group of five side, um, you know, we thought probably going in Pratt would jump off the, you know, jump off the screen, but, but it's really been Carter Bradley. I mean, he's been, he's been like, your, you know, I don't want to, he hasn't made any like, you know, those, those TV throws where everybody ooze and ahs uh, at pro day. But, but what he has made is every throw that they've asked him to make little out routes, little hitch routes, little digs, little crossing routes. And everyone has just been on the money on time, right out of the break. You know, you got these really good defensive backs that have been in great coverage, but when the throws on time, there's nothing, there's nothing he could do. And that's what Carter Bradley has been able to do. Yeah. And to kind of elaborate on, on Michael Penix, the ball just flies. It just comes out of his hand uh, every single time with a lot of velocity. And you see guys, especially throwing the deep posts or, or, or the deep, you know, seam routes down the middle. Sometimes their, their, their football that dies off at the end, his ball does not, it is on the money and he has not missed very many throws at all, especially the go ball. He, he just does a great go ball. Oh, uh, gives that fires us up as Raider fans. <laughs> Absolutely. My only worry is I don't know if he, I don't, I don't think he makes it to 13. So like if we were going to trade up, right? Like I depend, it's just, a, we're going to have to wait to draft day, right? You're going to see who who goes first. You know, I hope one of the stupid teams takes Caleb Williams out of USC. Cause that guy's going to be a bust. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> so I hope he gets wasted in one of the first pick and Penix can fall a little bit. Maybe we trade up to like a seven, you know, six or seven spot. I'd be cool with that. Um, because I think he's, he's got it all. I really do. He, he is really impressed. I know he's had injury concerns, but, uh, that's something you just got to address from a training standpoint in the off season. Well, you know, it's not going to be, that's you mentioned it. What's going to dictate if you get Penix at 13 is, is who goes first. Exactly. Right. And who makes all these trades? What happens with Justin Fields? Cause the bear, yeah, that's a big thing. So it just depends. I mean, you might see yeah. a year like, what was it? Two, three years ago with Malik Willis and those guys and nobody took a quarterback. They didn't. So. Which is very, which is very possible, which serves us, especially you know I mean? if people feel the way you feel about Caleb Williams. Yeah, because if he doesn't go, then do you? If, yeah, you, if you're we the Raiders, do you draft a Penix in and, if and, Caleb Williams is sitting there? And Murph, I got, I got to say something. We got a chance to meet Vincent. Oh, I can't think of his last name. He, he oh, Vinny uh, Senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got a chance to meet him and talk to him, and and he was a guy who's really high on Caleb Williams, yep. and we all kind of looked at him. He was like, "What? You, you guys don't like him?" I was like, "I don't think he's going to be good at all." And then I got to say something to Murphy. He, he, <laughs> he, he tweets something out about Quinn Mitchell. Took a jab. He goes, he goes at a mid-level school. Oh so I go, no. So I go up to him. I was like, Hey, what's all this mid-level school talk you're talking about? I said, that guy's locked down every power five receiver. I was like, just say the guy's a good, a good quarterback. Why do you get Why do you take the well, jab? And, 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 and sauce Gardner is a quote Perfect unquote example. mid-level school. And he's, you know, arguably the best corner in the yeah, league already. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know how, I don't know okay. who's going to go first. I don't think Bo Nix has helped himself. Okay. Well, like he, I want to ask you about that because going into this, I mean, you were here last week when we, when we had you on the show uh, and you Nicks. were really high on Bo Nix. And so am I now granted, I don't have, I'm not a, a quarterback like you are and I don't study film and tape and all that and watching live practices, but just like the eye test, like Bo Nix seems like a very viable franchise quarterback in the NFL, but you're, but you're saying He's been leapt now by Michael Penix in your mind, despite the injury concerns. Yeah. I mean, I would just say, I mean, again, like, I don't want to, it's hard to judge a guy off guys off of two practices. Right. But that's we're here. And that's what we're looking at. Penix has exceeded my expectations, especially, you know, just passing the eye test and Bonix hasn't done bad. Yeah. Like he, he, he has a good arm. He's made all the throws. He just has missed a couple throws as well, which is that's, it's part of it. Right. 
but just Penix has not. Penix yeah. has looked crisp. He's looked ready to go. Um, they both are, are mobile enough to, to, to play. I think that's definitely something we've lacked uh, at the quarterback spot um, the last few years is a guy being mobile enough uh, to do it. So, you know, if, if, if we're at 13 and we don't trade up and Penix is gone, it's going to be, is there another guy in another position that we really need that, you know, we're not quite sold on Nick's. So we're going to go with that guy. That guy's more of a sure bet, whether it's an offensive lineman or, or, or another position that we really feel or, or that Telesco feels that we need. Um, I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. It's one of these things that we, I, we were talking to somebody too. And they're like, look, all these things that we see the draft, you know, pre-draft stuff, like none of it matters. Like you right. have to wait until draft day and see what happens in the picks in front of you. And then you got to have the ability to adjust. So well, I think that's, and also, too, free agency's got to play out. And that's another thing that I, when all the mock drafts start coming out this time of year, and, you know, listen, I, I'm not going to ever tell anybody how to be a fan, but your mock draft belongs with your fantasy football team. Like, it's great for you. Like, and everyone, you, you love it. And I'm glad you love it. But the rest of us really, whatever, keep it. But, um, but so in terms of the mock drafts, though, these mock drafts are coming out and we haven't had free agency yet. Kirk Cousins is going to play somewhere. Like, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? And now is it, is it, what's the likelihood of him playing on one of those football teams that are ahead of us in the draft? I don't know when you start to break it all the way down. But like you said, there's a lot of wild cards still from Justin Fields to Kirk Cousins to Russell Wilson for crying out loud. There's a lot, there's a world where we freaking sign Kirk Cousins. And guess what? All that discussion of us drafting a quarterback goes right on out the window. So you never know where this thing is going to end up. So that said, there's, there's a, there's a, a, a lot of volatility that still has to play out. So I'm with you. And that's why I like to, to consider these things um, more from like a, a high level view. It's like a 30,000 foot view, right? Sprouse, like you can't like you're a dolphin fan. You can't drill into what the dolphin strategy is going to be here before we ever even have played the Super Bowl. Like once we get through free agency, once we get through the process, then you can kind of start to line out on, on where this thing is going to end up and what the Raiders could do with that 13th pick. So let me ask you, so if they're of best players available besides the quarterbacks, and, and you, you mentioned the, the group of five um, uh, corner uh, that was a standout. Is there any other, like, you know, in being down there at the senior, it's been five years ago now that I was down there, but it's like there's a buzz around the room around certain players. Um, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like uh, um, Adderley, the safety out of, was it Delaware, I think, at the time when I was down there? He was just, like, lighting up the freaking charts. Like, he was the, the fastest guy, you know, that was there. He was just... An absolute dominant player. Of course, his career in the NFL didn't play out as well, but I'll give you another guy that did was Rocky Sin was down there. And Rocky yeah. Sin has put together a pretty decent NFL career. Well, but anyways, but they were kind of like the talks of the, of the senior bowl. Uh, who else has been uh, the talk of the senior bowl while you guys have been down there? Yeah. I mean, Mitchell Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo has been one of the ones um, there's a lot of receivers and um, the kid Leggett out of South Carolina, I I've thought was really good. And then we noticed on ESPN, they were talking about him a little bit today. Um, Brendan rice, Jerry rice's kid out of USC. If looks it, a unit. if, if, if really? there's a guy at this entire senior bowl that, you know, pound for pound at his position looks the part it's him, but he's had a couple of bad drops. And so, you know, it, and a lot, you know, a lot of it's anything, a bad throw, a bad, whatever, a lot of it's communication. These guys, some of these guys haven't played in like a month and a half. Remember, you know, live with pads on football. So there's been those guys. I mean, I would say Quinion Mitchell on the, on the, on the defensive side. Um, 
I would say too, like what we need as, as Raiders is important, right? So like a lot of the guys that have shown out, like, I don't know if we need an edge rusher because we have Koontz and Crosby. So like, I think what oh, we right, need, right. Though, like, and, and I don't know, you know, if we, if we stay at 13, like I could see us using a really good corner. Like if we don't, if we get a, a free agent quarterback and there's not a lineman we're in love with, like that would be a smart move. I think in, increase our depth and in, in our ability in the back end to cover. Now you can really let Max and Koontz go hunt. Like, and, but, and like you mentioned, we need to shore up the, the interior as well. So it's going to be interesting because I like our linebackers too, Murph. Like I think Diablo's come along really well and, and Bob Spillane has been playing great. So like, I don't really know if we need depth at linebacker. I think it's up the middle on defense. I think somebody in the back end and then offensive line and quarterback, I feel like are our four biggest needs. And I, I want to add something to uh, Sprouse mentioned the wide receiver position. There's a couple of non-group of five guys that have shown out uh Roman Wilson, uh, receiver out of Michigan. He there's been a lot really of good. buzz around him. He's made some incredible catches. And then also Georgia wide receiver, uh, Lad McConkley. He, oh he, yeah, his route running is what has uh, stood yeah. out to me as in stand. So from a Raiders perspective, I know you have Devontae Adams, you have Jacoby Myers, but the Hunter Winfrey situation, he, he's a fourteen million dollar cap hit this year. So you're looking at a, a Roman Wilson or a Malachi Corley, Luke, Mc, Luke McCaffrey, any of these slot guys that can, can fill that, uh, can fill that Hunter Renfro void. If you're trying you know, just, just from a salary cap perspective, you, you get, you get one of these receivers mid round or late round uh, to fill that, to fill that Renfro void. That's a great call on Murphy. I like that because we're, you know, we're, we're going to lose Hunter Renfro most likely. I mean, just, it makes all the sense in the world for us financially uh, to move on from him. And although we don't want to see that, but he's had a two year drop off regardless of the reasons yeah. uh, we we've had it. Now we've got Trey Tucker that, that, that plays the slot, but I love the, 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 the idea of being able to remain versatile with Trey Tucker in and out in and out of that third and fourth wide receiver position by drafting a guy like what tip was just talking about there, especially if you can get him in a later round. Yeah. And then that's where I feel like you can find some really, really good value is being able to hit. Now, Teleska, we went on when I was on your show the other week, like he hasn't had a lot of later round picks that have really panned out. He's done well in like one, two and three. But um, no, I think I think Malachi Corley has really, really <laughs> impressed me. I mean, Murphy was in multiple one on one drills where corners like, you know, Georgia corners and other Michigan like walk up and try and press him. Tossed him. Tossed him off. Mm -hmm had plenty of separation, strong hands. Like he's an, he's a dog. And if he's, if he's hanging around in the you know fourth or fifth round, I would snag him in a heartbeat, especially if we're going to get rid of Rempro. That's awesome. That's Reminds awesome. me of Evo Samuel a lot. Oh, there we go. That's a good comp right there. All right. Well, hey guys, we I don't want to uh, keep you all night. We know you've been you got practice all day long. You guys did shows already. Uh, but before we let you get out of here, all right, let's go. Uh, let's go off football for a minute. Where's the hot spot in Mobile? What's the where's the best restaurants? Where do, where do, where do, where do the kids go and have cocktails? Well, we're, put it this way, Murph. We're going for the second night in a row <laughs> to eat at, to eat at dumb waiters. Dumb waiters. <laughs> Dumb waiters. It's one word. Apparently, yeah. I thought it was two words. Dumb waiter, but apparently, it's no. dumb waiter, which is a a thing. No, a dumb yeah. waiter. That's my brother. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's a that's a big time. I mean, I don't want to call it high end, but I mean, it's that's a good spot. It's and a good spot. And and if you ever make it down to the Senior Bowl, it's where all the 
all the NFL guys. I mean, we're, we had rap sheets sitting next to us. Uh, us three slaps are sitting there. Yeah. Ian Rappaport and all the NFL network guys are right behind us. Every NFL team is in there right around us. Big. I mean, it's fillets. Yeah. There was a table steak, full of charger uh, guys, Murph. And I walked to the bathroom and like actually like bumped his chair pretty hard. <laughs> was pretty funny. I was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> nice. And then nightlife wise. I mean, there's a ton of bars, you yeah. know, it's Tuesday and Wednesday, so it's a little bit tough. Um, but there's a ton of little, you know, dive bar type place. Merv, a Jeff, QB Jeff likes this place called Gabriel's is a, is a really great spot. <laughs> is there, that'll, be, that'll be, that'll be an RFR after dark. Is there, is, there's a hard pause between the Y and the B. <laughs> <laughs> the very hard. Well, thanks again to Tyler, Matt Sprouse, Jeff, Murphy. you guys are the absolute best, give it up Raider nation for the group of five. Now. Thank you, fellas. All right, there they are. There's the group of five guys. Loved having those guys on the show and appreciate them taking time for us uh, down at the Senior Bowl. All right, Raider Nation, let's go ahead and... Oh, I got I to gotta bring up all this stuff here. Let's go ahead and hit a break, and then we are going to jump into the Sea of Fans mailbag. So, uh, hang on. Oh, shoot, hold on. Here, just talk amongst yourselves. Here, let me, let me hit... Oh, now I got contact info. Here we go. I can play this. Hey, Raider Nation, you got your old Uncle Mosh here with an updated contact info. So sit up, zip up, shut up, and pay attention. You can call us at 909-345-3346, or as Murph would say, 909-345-3346. How about emailing me? You want to email me? Email me at show at RaidersFanRadio.com. Or what about reaching out to us on some of that social media stuff Swaggy likes? Try Facebook at Raiders Fan Radio Podcast. The Twit at Twitter at Raiders Fan Radio. Insta something. Instagram at Raiders Fan Radio. The Tiki Tiki Taki Tak. TikTok at Raiders Fan Radio. Or what about the Twitch? Some of you out there twitching. Anyway, Twitch at Raiders Fan Radio. Or if you don't like that, go to the YouTube. America, go to the YouTube. YouTube.com slash Raiders Fan Radio. Oh, my God. If that wasn't enough, if that wasn't enough, go to your podcast provider and search Raiders Fan Radio. Holy crap, that was a lot. Good. All right. Appreciate you, Raider Nation, joining us live in here tonight uh, at Murph with Murph. Well, I'm Murph, but thank you for joining us live here tonight in Murph's Fan Cave. Uh, for Raiders Fan Radio, I'm going to go and shout out the chat room real quick. Uh, Hooligan Nation is in it. Hooligan, I got your email, brother, and I'm going to answer you back. I promise. I got real busy this week and I didn't have a chance to get caught up on emails. I'm going to answer you back and let you know about that. And thank you for your offer. Hooligan uh, sent us an amazing offer uh, to help do some fundraising for the One Nation Foundation. We're going to uh, definitely get to you on that. And thank you. Uh, Paul is in there. Wyo is in there. Mr. Tiki is in there. Ron the Materator is, on, is in there. Uh, did I say Paul? Uh, Oscar. Uh, oh, I'm going to mess his last name up. 
Quesada? Hope it's Quesada. Oscar Quesada, appreciate you being in there. Raider Dank Vader is in there. Jesse Cardenas is in there. Space Beast is in there. Uh, OJ Raider is in there. Uh, we appreciate you also very, very much. Fabricator Gill, what's up, Phil? Uh, Fabricator Gill. Uh, appreciate Renee Arredondo being in there. Appreciate SoCal Sal. Uh, so many of our good friends. Anthony Provencio, thank you guys for joining us for episode 321 of Raiders Fan Radio. All right, so we're doing a little bit different tonight. You got to hear from the group of five guys. You got the live report from the Senior Bowl down in Mobile. And so now, more of you and less of us is a good thing. So let's check in with the Sea of Fans mailbag. Sea of Fans mailbag. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. There he is, fading, looking, looking, looking. He's under the gun. His body strong. It is. All right, here we go with the Sea of Fans mailbag. Like I said, more of you and less of us is a good thing. And if you want to contact the show, you can call us at 909-345-3346. That's 909-345-3346. And if we play your message, ooh, and by the way, uh, I've got your messages, sort of. I haven't edited them. I'm just going to play them just live off of the website there. So um, anyways, we'll, we'll get to those in a minute. Uh, and you just have to bear with me as we're doing a selfie here tonight. But you can also email the show. And you can email us at show, that is S-H-O-W, that is S-H-O-W at RaidersFanRadio.com. And if you email us an indefinite amount of times, or if you leave a voice message and we play it on the air three times, then you can become the next made man or made maiden here at Raiders Fan Radio. So, all right, first up, let's get to Slatus. Slatus says... Hello, Nation. Well, we didn't... Boy, that was a hot start, Murph. Hello, Nation. Well, what we didn't want to happen, of course, happened. Queefs and 40 Winers made the Super Bowl in our home stadium like a nightmare. Uh, Not sure if I'll watch this game. Both teams are so bad. Unfortunately, I think the Raiders' victory on Christmas woke them up. That sucks. Oh, well. Time for the Raiders to take the division next season. Anyway, that's all I got. And as always, Raiders! And that is from Slatis. Slatus, I'm with you, brother. And look, I'm not going to lie, y'all. Like, uh, uh, look, I love the NFL. Of course, I love the Raiders first and foremost. But I love the NFL. Like, I'm a massive NFL fan. I would watch every snap of every game. And, well, maybe not quite that far. But I, I love, especially the playoffs. And I, I just I just love it, man. I'm just a sucker for this stuff. And um, even things that aren't Raider-related. And, and I've not missed... A Super Bowl, uh, I usually watch them intently and am a fan of Super Bowl trivia and the history of it and the pageantry of the event. It's like, it's a freaking national holiday to me. 
This is the first time I'm almost 51 years old. This is the first time I don't give a shit. I, I don't care. I, I, it's, I'm so down. I'm so sick. Jeff and Michelle and I had lunch the other day and we're all like, you know, Jeff and Michelle were like, we feel dead inside. Like, it's just like, that's where we're at on this Super Bowl. It's the two worst teams possible in our crib. And, and I'm not telling you guys anything new here, but this is rough, man. Like, it's, I just don't have an interest in it. I'll, I'll be glad to socialize and have fun with our, our, our friends for a little while and then, and then go home and, and, you know, maybe not even watch the whole thing and just get caught up on highlights later. And that's such a foreign concept to me because I'm so freaking invested in this stuff. But it's just like, it's everything. The, the pageant, this is the first, I'll say this. This is the first time the pageantry around it is not interesting to me. The storylines, frankly, are not that interesting to me. Other than I can, there's a couple of players on the Niners that I can get behind, like the idea of like a guy that's irrelevant by title taking out somebody that's already being crowned as the next greatest quarterback of all time and Patrick Mahomes like that's a storyline I can get behind but outside of that man like I'm just I'm having trouble with this one and then I'm also then we've got also this because Raider Nation always needs something to fight about I, I it's fascinating to me and apparently we're just gonna never always agree on something unless it's maybe Antonio Pierce but even that's not unanimous um this idea of, well, do we root for the Niners or do we root for the Chiefs? You know, and there's a large contingent of old school Bay Area Raider fans that are rooting for the Chiefs to beat the Niners because there's such a regional rivalry. And for those of you that aren't from there, like I am, I'm from San Jose, California, grew up around a lot of parts of San Jose, but the latter part in Seven Trees, went to Andrew Hill High School where Mervin Fernandez went and all that's like... Eastside San Jose, and there's a slight against the Raiders. And, of course, they were gone for many, many years in, in L.A., and when they were gone, this you know the Niners were the best team in football, some of the best teams they've ever played, and so it grew the fan base of the 49ers. And so, the, so then when the Raiders came back, there was this slight because they had this like disproportionate amount of Niner fans. So all the media coverage was for the Niners. Um, all the fan base was for the Niners. Unless they weren't winning, then those people would go away. And so that whole like the Niner faithful and faithful to the Bay, a lot of folks take that as a slide against the Raiders. It's, it's not a slide against the Raiders. It's almost a marketing phrase for their own fan base to say that like they're always faithful, but they're not. Because all you got to do is look at Levi Stadium when the freaking Niners aren't playing well and there ain't nobody there. Like, and my, my brother is a Niner fan. The family gene mutated and spit out my brother Alan as a Niner fan. And even he will tell you the same thing. Like, Niner fans are built different. Like, and not in a good way from what we are as Raider fans. So, all that said, there's a huge rivalry between these two fan bases. But then there's also this concept that while a lot of us may hate them, they don't know we exist because they're not invested like we are. So all that said, I don't, the, uh, yes, I would rather see the Niners win. I understand where a lot of those old school Bay Area folks are coming from. I get it. I, trust me, I get it. And I don't begrudge you for it. But that's not where I'm landing. I'm landing on our division rival holding up a Lombardi trophy with Tay-Tay riding shotgun 
in our stadium. Like that, like there's that's nightmare fuel. That is absolute nightmare fuel. So give me Mr. Irrelevant taking out Patrick Mahomes. You know, there's an I don't know, whatever. I could, I could go on and on about this, but that's kind of where I'm at, man. And it's but there's let's let's just like picking between the worst of two evils though here. It's awful. It's, listen, the worst ugh, again, I could go on and on and I won't. But this is bad for us Raider fans. Like this is just this is the worst. Now that said, okay, let's go to the positive side. Enough of me bitching. The positive side of it is this. We've been rooting for other teams to take out the Chiefs, as we should. But those days are over. It's our turn now. It's our turn to take out the goddamn Chiefs. And guess what? It, somebody has to do it, and it was always us. We're the ones that need to take out the Chiefs. We need to own that as Raiders. Tom Telesco, Antonio Pierce, Mark Davis, Sandra Douglas Morgan, everybody that is in a position of power for the Las Vegas Raiders has got to take ownership of the idea that it is your job and it is our job as fans to root you on to do so to take out the goddamn Chiefs. Someone's got to end this freaking reign, and it's going to be us. It ain't going to be the stupid Chargers with Harbaugh. It ain't going to be the stupid Broncos with Peyton. It's going to be somebody with the mentality of Antonio Pierce and Max Crosby. That's what's going to take out the goddamn Chiefs, and that's what needs to happen. And it's a new damn day in Raider Nation. That's where we're going quickly. That's where this thing is going to end up, Raider Nation. I'm telling you, we're going to— Antonio Pierce ain't afraid of any of them. Any of you out there that were like, oh, no, now we got these three tenured experienced coaches in our division. You think Antonio Pierce gives a shit? He don't care. That guy will go toe-to-toe with anybody on the planet, let alone them three chumps that roam the sidelines with those goofy-ass collars on. So this is when it's going to change. It's up to us to take out the freaking Chiefs, to end this reign, win this goddamn division. Win the division, Raiders. And that's what Antonio Pierce said he was going to lead with. And that's one of the things I love about that man and I love about his spirit. When they said, what are your aspirations? He didn't say, oh, we want to go win a trophy. He said, we want to win the division. That's where it starts. And that's not a promise. That's the vision. Quote. That's what he said. That's the vision. Win the division. That's what takes out the goddamn Chiefs. That was, you were talking about a direct shot? That was a direct shot at the damn Chiefs. All right, I'm going to shut up. Let's get back to these emails. Whew. All right. What's up, Raider Nation? My name is Lala Meloso. Uh, it's the day after Conference Championship Sunday, and I'm here waiting for the bus uh, to drop off Mr. Los Angeles. Uh, I'm sitting here thinking back to episode number 309 in October, where I had the privilege of having my email read on the show by Michelle. One of the things I mentioned was that this Super Bowl, or excuse me, in, was this season the NFL would want the Scarlet and Red versus the Condiments team to play in the Death Star for the Super Bowl. Man, I wish I would have put some money on my prediction, not only for myself, but also for the One Nation Foundation. Respect. What a missed opportunity. I don't want them to, but I think the NFL will please the millions of KC Swifties and have all of them win the game. Why? Because. Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bill, y'all. That's all for today. Thanks for hearing me out. Peace out. Raider Nation, he is Lala Meloso, proud made man here at RFI. Thank you, Lala. (laughs) 
All right, let's see. Welcome to the offseason Raider Nation. It's official. The man who brought an end to the darkest time of my fandom is staying head coach for the next season. It's been a while since I had this much confidence going into next season. AP is beginning to make things right. Then comes Mr. Telesco. My initial reaction was disappointment. Then listening to RFR helped me put a more positive spin on it. Then Scott on Silver and Black Today tells me that in 11 years as Chargers GM, he has never traded down, not even once. That's pretty damning, guys. But here come the famous words. Trust the process. We still have Champ Kelly. We still have Tom Delaney. We still have Antonio Pierce. We have our own group of scouts evaluating talent. Hopefully our team will help prevent Telesco from repeating his past mistakes. We don't know what uh, directive Spanos gave him, and he must have had a good interview. He has experience and a clean slate on the dark side. There was another guy who came to us from the Chargers by the name of Al Davis, and he turned out all right. Now heading into the offseason, I'd like to speak something into existence. Ooh. This is interesting. Let's sign Garner Minshew in free agency. That dude is an underdog and he brings the fire. He's never been the opening season starter, but has started the majority of the season twice with the Jaguars and with the Colts. He will both teams to, to records over 500 despite unspectacular rosters. He's on the upper end of the low end uh, in terms of journeyman list. And unlike the guys better than him on expiring contracts, I think he's going to make it into free agency. He fits the Raider image and mentality. I agree. And is a great veteran to bring in. So if we're uh, so that we're not locked in on quarterback in the first round come April, we need to put ourselves in a position to let the draft come to us. And if there's still a quarterback we like on the board and when the bears are picking for the second time at nine, Call them up and jump ahead of the Broncos. Otherwise, just take a monster right tackle like Thayer or Mims and then focus on defense with the rest of the draft. The greatness of the Raiders is in his future. Raiders! Uh, Aaron in New Hampshire. P.S. F the Chiefs. Aaron in New Hampshire? That's the first time we've heard from Aaron in New Hampshire. Appreciate you, my friend, very, very much for joining us here at Raiders Fan Radio. All right, we've got one more to get to, and he is a freaking, I got to bring up his soundbite here because this is this is a, a, about as OG uh, RFR as you can get and an absolute stalwart around here at Raiders Fan Radio. He is Paul. Evening, everybody. Hope you're all well. There's been a deflated atmosphere within Raider Nation since Sunday, and by now, dear Raiders fans, you will be more than aware that the NFL gods don't like us to have an easy life. Only last week, we were happy with the news that AP and Tom Telesco had been appointed, and we went into the weekend with a spring in our step. Then Sunday happened, and our worst fears were realized, and Super Bowl 58 has been officially dropped from our schedules. The option for us is an easy one. Stay away from it all, ignore the media, don't watch the TV, and soon it will all be over. Personally, I could cope better with the Niners winning, but to my Bay Area brothers and sisters, I can understand why you wouldn't agree. The best thing is to hate them both in equal measure and ignore the whole thing. That's right. And listen, I don't root for the Niners to win. I'm rooting for the Chiefs to lose. Like, that's, that's, that's it, because you can't root for either one of them. One thing that has been highlighted again to be able to compete properly is the need for a mobile quarterback. We might not see this kind of quarterback heavy draft for some time, and I believe it's vital that we uh, go all in to get the guy we want. If it's Jaden Daniels, as seems a popular choice, then do what you have to do to get him. I pray this year we don't do things on the cheap and we're not too cautious. The playoffs are a minimum requirement next season. Rookie head coach or not, we have to make a statement to, uh, and throw what we can at trading up the draft. I agree with you, Paul. we got to make the move. This is a, it's too deep and we're too close at 13. Like, make a move, go up there, get, get a guy. 
I don't get to see a lot of college football, and when I do, it's always the same teams, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, or Texas. That's why I rely on you guys, the other podcasters, and the group of five guys for information. Hey, shout out group of five guys. I've already noted that two two USC supporting Raiders podcasters have reservations about Caleb Williams. I agree. Uh, It's a red flag. The Senior Bowl is the first opportunity to see things up close before the Underwear Olympics at the Combine, and I trust the Raiders will be well represented at both events. Of course, before we get anywhere near draft day, we have free agency, and that will give us an indication of where our new front office is taking us when we get to Detroit. After a social media post of mine following Sunday's games, I was informed by one individual that anyone who doesn't give credit to a player, regardless of who they are or who they play for, is an idiot. Well, that makes me an idiot then. And here's some examples of why I'll never do it. It basically comes down to who you played for. When I first started watching the NFL, arguably the best player around was Joe Montana. Now, I'm not stupid. I know what he achieved and I know how he did it. But here's the thing. He played for two teams in his career, the Niners and the Chiefs. So you think I'm going to give him credit? Well, you've got a long wait. Peyton Manning is another. First, it's difficult for me to take him seriously because he's got a three-foot forehead, but the minute he pulled out that trashy Broncos jersey, he was getting nothing from me. His Colts career, maybe, but nothing else. Bring it up to date with Kermit and, and or Taylor Swift's bitch in Missouri, and you can throw stats and records at me all you want, but as long as they're in that dumbass ketchup and mustard, screw them. Marcus Allen is one of my top five Raiders of all time, but what he did once he left for KC doesn't even register with me a bit. You know what, Paul? I agree. And I I traded paint on the Twitter this week with Nolan Harrison, former Raider player, defensive lineman. Great guy. Great guy. And I've had nothing but pleasant interactions with him uh, over the years. And and he wrote... um, I don't know how anybody doesn't like Andy Reid. And I responded to him and I said, well, I can respect what he's done. I can respect his achievement as just a fan of the sport, but I don't like him and I'm never going to. And he said, well, fair enough. But as long as, you know, you can basically, he just kind of reinforced it. It's like, just recognize like, not only has he done it, but he's done it over now two different teams and over multiple, multiple years. And I can respect it. I, I absolutely can. But I'll never like it. Like, and, and, and we kind of agreed to disagree. And granted, now he's a, he's a player, right? He's not a fan like I am. And, and this is, you know, that was his job was playing football. And so he looks at it from a different lens than what we are. And so, but I'm with you, Paul. Like, like Steve, I remember Steve Young. Like, people used to ask me about Steve Young. Um, I'd be like, well, he's fine, but I don't like him. Like, I can respect what he did. I can respect his talent. I can respect, you know what I mean? And so, and I think there's a lot of guys like that, that where I can respect their accomplishments. There's only a handful that I don't, like LeBron I don't, because I think LeBron's been, st- but like Kobe I did, but, and I don't like, the, I hate the Lakers. Hate them. They're up there with the Dodgers and the Chiefs for me. Like, I'm a Bay Area guy. I'm an A's fan. I'm a Warrior fan. I can't stand those guys. I couldn't stand Kobe when he was a player, but I respect the hell out of what Kobe Bryant did. LeBron, not so much. But, um, Anyways, that said, now I'm really digressing. So I hear you, Paul, loud and clear. I've said many times before, and I know we have a lot of Los Angeles listeners too, and you guys are probably crushing me, but that's okay. Respect. Um, I've had many times. Uh, I've said many times before that the best non-Raider player I've seen, uh, Kirk Gibson. Don't get me started on Kirk Gibson. Oh, Kirk Gibson. The best non-Raider player I've seen is Walter Payton. He was a genius. I like to watch Lawrence Taylor, Ray Lewis, Reggie White. 
Barry Sanders, and many more, but none of them wore ketchup and mustard, shitty orange, or that powder blue bullshit. So you can call me an idiot, petty-minded, bitter and twisted, or anything else you want to. I don't care. Mahomes can go win another 10 Super Bowls, God forbid, but none of them will register with me. And he won't get any credit off me either because he's just a dick from Kansas City. And <laughs> boy, Paul. My hatred runs deep, and that's another reason why they can shove Super Bowl 58 where the sun doesn't shine. Stay safe, Raider Nation. Uh, Stay safe, RFR family. Love you, Raider Nation. His Lordship, the Royal Scribe, Paul Edgerton, Shropshire, Mississippi, Polly Award winner 2019 and 2022, Foggy Glasses Award winner 2020, BRT Sizzler Scorekeeper, Proud Made Man, five-time, 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 times three, plus one winner of the Raiders Fan Radio BRT Sizzler Award. Your name Paul. Hello. Paul. Hello. Paul. Paul. I met him with Paul. Who? Paul. Paul. Yes, Paul. Paul's not here. Hey, Paul. Paul. Uh, hi. I'm Paul. Yes, you are. And absolutely great job there by Paul. We appreciate you, my friend. Uh, so let's see, as I'm trying to bring the voicemails up here, let me go ahead and shut out the chat room a little bit. Uh, Bass is in there. Van City is in there. Uh, Schmucky the Raider Bear is in there. Van City says, go Canucks, go from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So, uh, yeah, so we're Predators fans because now we live in uh, just outside of Nashville. Um I, I didn't grow up with the Sharks. The Sharks came way later uh, than, uh, than than I was like 18 or 19, I think, when the Sharks came. So when I'm after I moved to Nashville, I kind of became a Predators fan. But I'll tell you this, though. I hate the Red Wings. That's my team in, in hockey. I can, absolutely can't stand. Um, hey, uh, Michelle's in there. Uh, Wyo is in there. Andy Provencio is in there. Ron the Raider. Renee is in there. Jay Jackson. What's up, Renee? Uh, Jay Jackson. Uh, Anthony Provencio. Let's see. Freddie Chavez is in there. Uh, Lalo Meloso is in there. Raider, Raider Loco is in there. Appreciate you guys so very, very much. And guess what, guys? You're not going to get, you're not going to, the freaking, oh, no, here come the voicemails. All right, here we go. I just got it up here. Uh, let's see. First up, let's see. Um, let's go to our buddy. Looks like this is our buddy, Rafael. Hello, everybody. Rafael Castinas, no es el Capitan Rafucho. I just wanted to tell you. When I was watching the whole press conference of Antonio Pierce, I was really hyped. They just got it in the right choice because there was one popular phrase that say you had to listen to the voice of the people, which is a Venezuelan singer called Jose Luis, Jose Luis Rodriguez of Nueva Puma. But we just got the perfect choice to make it right. I mean, I cannot wait to go on top of the season right here. I mean, I've been telling you, because they just brought intensity, they just brought leadership, they just brought mentality and discipline. And the whole season is going to be, like, really incredible. I mean, the next one. But I cannot wait to see how the team's going to improve it. Because we just got the best defense, we just got the best coach, we just got great things. And believe it or not, the whole competition for the conference it's getting really hotter right here. So I just wanted to tell you that I'm salute to everybody. Murph, Jeff, also Michelle, to the guys right there. This is Rafael Chasin as Nuestro Capitana Fucho. And I got one more thing to say. 
Just win, baby, just like Kyle Davis. Salute to y'all, Raider Nation for life. All right, there he is. Appreciate you, Rafa. Hey, appreciate Jason Hunter in there. Jason Hunter jumps in with a $20 donation to the One Nation Foundation. Thank you, brother. He says, just wanted to jump in and donate and say, have a blessed evening, Raider Nation. Man, we cannot appreciate you enough. Thank you so very, very much for that. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we have a nonprofit around here called the One Nation Foundation where we give away 100% of the money uh, that you give to us and we give to Raiders-related charities like the good folks at Raider Dad, like the good folks at the Blitnikoff Foundation, the good folks at the Max Crosby Foundation. And we've got some big things. I'm not, I hate teasers and I'm not, I hate playing that goofy game about being like, hey, we got some stuff coming up, but I can't tell you yet. But we really do have some big stuff coming up. We can't tell you. Um, <laughs> it's, we've got some corporate sponsors, man, that are lining up. And it's we've we got some, some really, really, really good stuff uh, on the horizon. And none of that stuff happens if we don't have our listeners. You guys contributing, the masses of our listeners contributing, thumbs upping, listening, you know, helping us get advertisers like Manscaped, all that kind of stuff. You guys, you guys have, have, you have generated so much attention for the One Nation Foundation that we are now in, in positions to get these corporate folks online. And now we're not even talking about getting these folks to come in as like, um, they're not even like, uh, uh, you know, advertisers, they're just donators. There's people that are, well, that we have these companies that are, that are, that are talking about aligning with our, our foundation this year that are just going to donate money just flat out and do like corporate matches. And it, it's fast, fascinating stuff. So anyways, cannot do it without you guys. Thank you so very, very much. And speaking of that, there's another one from Hooligan Nation. Thank you, Hooligan. And I'm going to get with you, brother, soon. I'm going to answer your email back soon. Here's to a Super Bowl tie. F them both. F them both indeed. Man, this is, this is, this is definitely going to be rough. But we appreciate you so very, very much, Hooligan Nation. Uh, appreciate, And I hope there wasn't, if there was any other Super Chats that came in during the group of five guys, I apologize. I couldn't read them uh, the way that we have it set up in here. But, but just know that I will go back and look at those. And we appreciate you and love you guys so very, very much uh, for what you're doing to support Raiders fan radio, and most importantly, the One Nation Foundation. All right, next up, let's see who we got here. Uh, we got Susan. Let's check in with Susan. Hey, Murph, this is Susan. I just wanted to call and say I love your show. I enjoy it every week, and I am so glad the playoffs are almost over because I'm so sick of listening to Tony Romo about <laughs> Patrick Mahomes wanting to suck his I'm done with it. Go Raiders. (laughs) Yep, I definitely didn't preview these calls. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Susan. That was awesome. So Susan, is that is that now number three for Susan? I think Susan. So we used to call, so we have the made men, right? You call leave a message three times. Uh, then we started, then we had for the ladies, we had the made women, but then somebody had the, we had a couple guys had the great idea of calling them made maidens. I think that's our first made maiden, but I want to get a new voiceover done 
uh, that Michelle is going to read, not because the one we have now is from Jeff. So let's let's I'm going to wait. We're, we'll get that done here in the next week or so. We'll get that done and then we'll play that because I think Susan, that was her third call uh, being played here on the show. And so welcome, Susan, to the table and congratulations. You are the newest made maiden here at Raiders Fan Radio. That was that was awesome. That was funny. All right. Next up, let's go to the seven. Oh, this is Josh in the 703. Here we go. Now, again, I didn't. Well, there's a lot of F-bombs. All right. I'll just give you I'll give you the earmuffs warning. If you got little ears in the car, uh, you may want to hit the mute button or skip ahead here. Uh, this call is two minutes and 24 seconds long, and there's about, I don't know, 17 F-bombs in here. So I gave you the warning, gave you plenty of heads up. So let's check in with our buddy, Josh, in the 703. What up, fam? I was going to call last night, but I said, don't do it. Because it ain't going to be able to be played on the air. Murph would just been holding down the bleep button because, <laughs> man, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, man, I was rooting for the Lions. They'd have been there, you know. But I was like, we just can't have the Niners and the Chiefs there. Or at least somebody, or there's got to be at least someone to challenge them. But Detroit drops the fucking ball. And the Ravens, who's supposed to have, like, a number one defense and fucking, you know, Lamar Jackson, MVP, shoot themselves in the fucking foot, man. I, I just, the worst fucking nightmare just came back. You know, like, the Niners and the Chiefs in the Super Bowl in our house. No matter who, who wins, we lose either way. I won't see none of them fuckers there. I'm getting fucking pissed off thinking about it again, man. Oh. Hey. What happened? I'm sorry. This is going to be a rant. I got to let it out before I get to work because I already know I'm going to have to deal with that shit when I get there, man. What the fuck happened? The Lions were up like 24 to 7. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, shit, it's in the bag. They fumble it. The Ravens, it's score for score, and then all of a sudden, that, they disappear. Now we got fucking Taylor Swift all in there. They're going to be all fucking prominent about that shit. I'm tired of seeing her ass. She ain't got shit to do with football, and they want to show her all the fucking time. God damn, bruh. I'm looking forward to our offseason. I'm looking forward to our team and stuff. I'm already placing bets. I got, I believe in AP in this team. Uh, this just isn't how I wanted to get in any other fucking way. I mean, yeah, Ravens and Lions would have been amazing. But at least Ravens and Niners or Lions and AK something other than fucking Casey and God damn it. <laughs> Man, fuck them all. <laughs> Josh in the 703. Oh my gosh, too funny. He's the best. We love Josh in the 703. Uh, Johnny Kicknuts in the chat says, I'd rather watch Sex in the City reruns in the Super Bowl. Uh, Paul Edgerton says, uh, all they needed to do was go for three points instead of overthinking it. They'd have seen it through. Man, listen, and I'm, I, this has been all over everything ever. And so, you know, I'm just another slappy with a microphone and a take. But like, you know, like that first time, that they were in field goal range and Dan Campbell had a chance to get his team up by 17. He kicked it, right? They kicked the field goal. And then subsequent two times, they freaking don't. Like, it's 
take your analytics, turn that some bitch sideways, and shove it straight up your candy ass. Like, ask Brandon Staley how that worked out for him playing the analytics game. Quit it. Situational football, man. Awareness. Three scores. Like, run out the goddamn clock. Go to the house. On to Vegas. It's fascinating to me. It's fa- These are the things that happen that, like, I think a lot of times we overplay our football brains as fans. Like we think that we got it all figured out and be like, well, all they had to do was this or whatever, whatever. Like it's so simple or whatever, but it's really not like the people that like go on and on about like, Oh, here's how you cover Travis Kelsey. You don't think that everybody's tried everything ever to try to cover Travis Kelsey. Guess what? Sometimes he's uncoverable because he's freaking awesome. But I hate myself for saying that. Like I'm for those of you on the audio podcast, I'm flipping myself off for saying that Travis Kelsey was, Awesome. But it's the freaking truth, man. The guy's freaking phenomenal. So anyways, point being though, I think a lot of times we overplay our positions. But like, this is so simple. Like these are not things that you have to be a tenured NFL head coach. You don't have to be a former player. You don't have to be an expert journalist. You don't have to be a coach. You don't have to be, you have to just go up by three scores and grind the clock and go home. Oh gosh, we were rooting for you. We were rooting for you so bad. And yeah, we got let down, man. And then Lamar Jackson, that's the other thing. So Dan Campbell and then Lamar, what are you doing? What are you doing? Triple coverage? In the end zone? Gosh, I mean, and that Zay Flowers fumble, look, look that hurt. That hurt. And, and, you know, they say you don't want to leave your feet and extend at the end, you know, but look, he's a young guy. He's trying to make a play. I can't fault him for that. But throwing in a triple coverage in the end zone? Eesh. For a guy that's been in the league a hot minute? I mean, come on, man. How's that was brutal, man. That was brutal. All right. But ain't, this is Raiders fan radio, not let's bitch about other teams radio. Uh, all right. Next up, let's uh, go to our caller in the 559. I'm guessing this is our buddy Jacob in Fresno. Jeffrey Murphy <laughs> and Michelle. It's Jacob from Fresno. Listen, guys, I'm calling you. My kids are in the background. It might be a little loud. But we're doing this. We're doing this because I'm late, and I want to get my call in. But listen, I know we're looking for an OC, right? We need somebody to come and fill that spot. You know, there's this guy from New England named Josh McDet. No, I'm joking. I am joking. (laughs) Come on, guys. But I do want to talk about McNuggets for a little bit. Let's talk about Joshy McD. The guy came in, and he was... He was something. I mean, you you bring in the number one wide receiver, you take a team that was just in the playoffs, and then you have seven wins, and then you go three and five the next year before you're fired. That's got to be really – I mean, that's – Art Shell had a really bad season, but he had a bad team. There's just no doubt. Randy Moss was, like, alone, him and maybe Warren Sapp. I don't know. That team was just – it was bad. Aaron Brooks – Marquez Tuiasa Sopo. Let's not even go there. But listen, McDaniels, let's give him his credit. You know, he came and he did uh well, well what did he do, guys? He brought in one Patrick Graham. Yeah, okay. And one Patrick Graham brought in one Antonio Pierce. So think about it like that. Okay. If we didn't bring in Josh McDaniels, if we would have stuck with Richie B, we probably would have won eight eight games the next year, and 
We'd be thinking, ah, should we move on? But now the hard decision has been made, and we got our guy. So I want to talk about it like this. Josh McDaniels. You know, when I was a kid, I went to camp, and I was so excited to go to camp, and I was eating all the food, and it was really, really great food. But my stomach didn't really like the food, and so I was having some issues. And we, while we were on a hike, I had a little accident. But the thing is, <laughs> Joshy McBee, must be related. I was about 10 years old when I had that accident. Still embarrassing. But the point is, Joshy McBee, sometimes we all poop our pants every once in a while, and that's what you did. But you put in a good pair of spare pants, and they're better than the original. So let's go, Raiders. We got a brand new spare pair of pants. <laughs> Woo! All right. That's it. Raiders! Raiders! Oh, my gosh. Jacob from Fresno, man. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think we we got to be related Jacob from Fresno because uh yeah, there were we're a, we're a poop pants and family. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's a reason Uncle Mosh's uh shorts don't have pockets cuz he cuts them out when he cuz he, he gets it in a pinch and he doesn't have any toilet paper or a guy doesn't have any tops to his socks. Because the same thing, he gets to a pinch, and then he has to cut the tops of his socks off. And he'll always tell you, once you go terry cloth, you'll never go back. All right, uh, so we go uh, with a Sizzler Award. <laughs> we go the Sizzler Award for the best emailer or phone caller of the night. And I don't, I don't pick these. Uh, this always goes to Uncle Mosh. It goes to Michelle. It would go to Jeff. Um, and so, in their absence, I throw it to the chat room. Who is the? I already saw one in there for Susan. Who is the best emailer? Who is the best phone caller of the night? Uh, talk amongst yourselves. Y'all figure it out. Put some put some answers there in the chat room uh, before we award this sizzler, and we'll go ahead and take a break while we're doing that, and then we're going to get on out of here. Hey, this is Pete Koch, former Los Angeles Raiders. Yeah, back in the old days, baby. And you're listening to Murph and Uncle Mosh, who happens to have the same hair as me. Check it out. Raiders Fan Radio. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Max Crosby from the Oakland Raiders. And goes down, and Max Crosby, who forced a fumble last week. You're listening to Murph, Mosh, and Swag Jeff on Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you so much. Just win, baby. What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy, Will Compton. You're listening to Raiders Fan Radio with my boys Murph, Swaggy Jeff, and Uncle Mosh. Tune in because they f***ing put out a banger podcast. All right, so the votes are in. Boy, there's a lot of votes out there for our buddy Jacob, and he's a, he's an awful close second. Uh, but by uh, far, well, not by far and away, because I said it was a close second. Uh, but, man, a lot of votes in there for Miss Susan. So let's give it up for Susan. Congratulations. You are the best. Email or phone caller for the night, and Susan gets the Sizzler Award. I am the Sizzler. 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 Sizz
Thanks for the group of five guys joining us here live tonight. Uh, yeah, appreciate everybody uh, that has joined us live tonight. If you missed the top of the show here, and we just had a quick little selfie tonight. Top of the show, we had the group of five guys. Much respect, and uh, we didn't do any respect tonight. I'll tell you what, let's give a little bit of respect. How about that? Murph, Swaggy J, Nation. It's time for a little respect. You know, respect ain't bought, it ain't sold, it ain't demanded, it ain't negotiated, it's earned. And without blowing smoke or giving shameless plugs, we want to say salute and much respect to the following folks. Respect. I want to give respect to the group of five guys. Thank you guys so very, very much for joining us at the top of the show. Coming in with a great uh, analysis of not only some of the players that have been shining uh, down there at the Senior Bowl uh, as they are in attendance and watching practices live, but also, man, the the quarterback breakdown and and the idea that 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 uh, Michael Penix is now out shining Bo Nix in terms of these practices. Of course, just it's like Jeff Murphy said, it's it's a very encapsulated uh, thing there. But man, that was good insight, great stuff from those guys. So much respect uh, to. Tyler Tipton, Matt Sprouse, and Jeff Murphy. You know him as QB Jeff. Group of five guys. Thank you guys so very, very much, man. That was awesome. It was great having you. And much respect to all of those of you that are in the chat room joining us live tonight. Uh, Michelle is in there. Ron, the Materator is in there holding it down, of course, uh, in case anybody gets loose. And we have anybody get loose in the chat room for a while. Knock on wood, and hopefully that doesn't change. Uh, because Ron the Materator is carrying that big old band hammer and freaking shuts them down if any KC fans get in there. And listen, we welcome other teams' fans, and we've had you know lots of them. Um, but yeah, just whoop, let me get a live call here. Let me get rid of that. But um, yeah, so we appreciate uh, Ron in there holding it down. Uh, let's see. Uh, <laughs> Paul says that sounded a little sad on its own. Yeah, it does. I, I sound, as overall, sound a little sad on my own. Ryan Rangel is in there. He says, Murph, you think we're going to hire an offensive coordinator soon or wait until after the Super Bowl to interview the Niners' Clint Kubiak? Well, we do know, this is what we were talking about the group of five guys, we do know that Telesco is not at the Senior Bowl because he's doing offensive coordinator interviews. I think Clint Kubiak is a very interesting conversation to have and especially the longer that this thing plays out there's definitely a possibility of him coming in ryan he's not my vote though my vote's cliff kingsbury we heard telesco and ap talk about it the identity of the raiders is already in play and that is pushing the ball down the field and so that air raid offense that that uh, kingsbury runs that would be pretty badass man i'm gonna say that as a fan that's my vote but that said would i be mad at a, at a clint kubiak Absolutely not. And, and, you know, being the passing coordinator now for the Niners, he was with the, the Vikings before that. Um, the guy as a, as an offensive coordinator, the guy's got some bona fides, man. So um, I don't I don't think you can go wrong there. But my vote is for Cliff. Uh, let's see. Uh, Salgado is in there. Appreciate you. Lalo Meloso. Paul Edgerton is in there. SoCal Sal is in there. Uh, let's see. Johnny Kicknuts is in there. Swag Jeff. What up, Swaggo? 
Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Ron, not Ron Romero, I already mentioned, Wyoming Raider, Hooligan Nation, Corey Fleck is in there, Salvo Zen is in there, Edgar V is in there. We appreciate you guys so very, very much for joining us on this episode of Raiders Fan Radio. Thank you to all the super chats that, that came in tonight. We appreciate you and those very, very much. Those go to the One Nation Foundation, of course, which supports Raiders-related charities and cannot uh, be excited enough for where the One Nation Foundation is going this year. So we thank you guys for your support. Uh, we love you so very, very much. Thank you to the chat room. Thank you to the audio listeners. Anybody that uh, is looking for the audio podcast, just look for Raiders Fan Radio and uh, and hit the like, hit a subscribe, hit a review. If you're an iTunes guy or girl, hit the, hit the iTunes reviews. That helps us a ton. Uh, anywhere that you find the show, man, if you would just do us a favor and amplify it, all those donations that we very much love. Um, but also, if you can't support us monetarily, just, just amplify the show because amplifying the show amplifies the One Nation Foundation and so we can give more and more money away. That's what this thing is all about. Raiders Fan Radio is now designed to support the One Nation Foundation. As much as we love sitting around talking about our favorite football team and yucking it up and doing all that we do, it's all now singularly focused and that is building the One Nation Foundation into an, you know, an incredibly powerful, charitable organization like that is a calling for us frankly um that's what we want to do uh, i don't care if raiders fan radio has two people watch it if we have a massive organization that can give money to raiders related charities that are giving to the people that um you know deserve it most and that is young folks going to raider games like at raider dad that is um you know young women at risk of domestic violence and substance abuse with the blenikoff foundation like you know those are some things that that really uh, you know hit our heart and so we want to we want to really amplify that as much as we can so anyway can't do that without you thank you guys so very very much we love you go raiders and now I'm going to turn off the TV and not watch football again until the combine or something like that. Get out of your tube! Okay, got to go. Bye.